have your Bible there, wherever you are, I want to encourage you to turn with me, please, to John chapter 12. I realize that today is Palm Sunday, and today I'll bring you a message along those lines, perhaps with a, a little twist that will help today's events be relatable to something that happened more than 2,000 years ago. And I just want to say that uh, as much as sometimes we make light because it's one way that we can deal with things that are stressful, we know that this country and our world is dealing with a sickness that's taking life. Uh, thousands have died in our country. We're being told that thousands more this week will pass from this virus, and, and I think that we need to be in prayer. Tomorrow there will be thousands of people, American people, that will wake up to discover that someone that they love very dearly has stepped from this life. And sometimes when it's a sunny day like it is outside, and we have a stay-at-home order, and, and we roll out, and our family is all there and, and well, it's easy for us to just lose sight of everything that's taking place around us. I miss my wife being here with me today, and... Uh, We've been talking a lot over the last couple of days and neither one of us is personally afraid if we should contract this virus, but we're very afraid of passing it to someone that we love. And so we're trying to be careful in that way. Um, and because we love people, we're trying to exercise caution washing our hands and using hand sanitizer until our hands are raw and, and uh, trying to get our hands on some masks and do whatever we can to be responsible citizens. But not just because we're being told to do it, but because we love people. That's the reason why. And... Uh, we know of some who have lost loved ones to this virus, and there are not any members that I'm aware of that have it. And that's a part of the problem, that people can be asymptomatic and give it to someone without even knowing it. And that's why even if we feel well, we need to be careful. And I just wanted to bring some thoughts to this moment that we're living in. And folks, I... I watched some webinars and I talked to some pastors this week and I know that my duty is to provide a message of hope and help. But my heart is not a stone. I can't sit by while thousands of our countrymen are dying and not be touched. And I've found myself waking up in the middle of the night and praying for folks this morning at four o'clock, the Lord woke me up, and I just got up and stayed up and have been praying for the members of our church and for those that would be watching this broadcast today. And I want you to know that God loves you. And for as much as our heart aches for those that are suffering, we know that God has a divine purpose, and we do believe that all things work together for good to them that love God, and to them who are the called according to His purpose. John chapter 12, I'll begin reading in verse number 12. The Bible here says, On the next day much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet Him and cried, Hosanna! Blessed is the King of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, 
Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him, when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for that they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world is gone after him. And then if you would, verse number 27. The Lord is speaking now, and he says, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. This morning I want to bring you a message entitled, Lord, save us. Lord, save us. And as a subtitle of this message, I have titled it, A Coronavirus. And I think you'll understand in just a moment. Oh God, I pray that you would use me to communicate the truth and to uplift our Savior Jesus. Lord, may we not, as others have done, hail Him as King, only to shortly thereafter turn our backs upon Him and say we have no King but Caesar. Lord God, meet with us in Holy Spirit power, I pray, in the wonderful name of King Jesus. Amen. We read here and in each of the Gospels how that when Jesus left Bethany and came into the streets of Jerusalem that they greeted Him laying down palm fronds and and strewing their clothing on the roadway and hailing Jesus as the King of the Jews and saying, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is He that cometh in the name of the Lord. When we begin to understand what they were saying, we, uh, we realize that the word Hosanna means save now or save us now. The people were crying out and it was, it was an act of worship and adoration and an awareness and a recognition that here was their Messiah, their promised Messiah. But we know from a diligent study of the Word of God that it would not be even a week later that they would be saying, Crucify Him! These very ones that were calling upon Him to save them. You see, the Lord had heard the cries just perhaps a week earlier of His dear friends whose brother was desperately ill. And he had come and miraculously raised Lazarus from the dead. Jesus later gathered with his disciples and with Mary and Martha and Lazarus in the house of of Simon where a supper was prepared. And and the whole community knew that Jesus was there and, and so too was Lazarus. And so they came to see the miracle worker, but they also came to see the one upon whom this miracle was wrought. Lazarus himself. It was such a, a, a profound miracle that the rulers of the Jews not only sought to take the life of Jesus, but they sought to take the life of Lazarus so that the testimony of the power of God could be put down. We know that Mary at that feast that Jesus attended at the house of Simon anointed his body against what would take place in less than about five days. 
His crucifixion, His death, and His burial. All of these things invoked the jealousy of the rulers of the Jews, but but stirred the hearts of the common man who came to believe upon Jesus and hail Him as He entered triumphantly into the streets of Jerusalem. But you know, as they, they shouted, it brings something to mind, and that is that throughout the ministry of Jesus, we find there were many who cried out for salvation. And I think they generally fall into three categories. And I think that these summarize most of those that seek the Lord's deliverance. The people in Jerusalem that day that we celebrate and remember now cried Hosanna, which means Lord, save us. I wonder, have you ever made that cry? Lord, save me. I ask you, why did you make that cry? I want to just say this to you. I don't think that anything is a coincidence. No such thing as luck, and there's no such thing as happenstance, and things are not coincidental. I believe that they're providential. I believe that God has a reason and a purpose for everything. Well, I thought a lot, as many of you have, about the coronavirus. And I know back early on there were people that were making lie and saying that it came from a beer in Mexico. People drank too much Corona beer and, and, uh, and, and that's where it came from. But may I say something to you? I thought on that and I thought, you know, it's not really coincidental or even particularly unusual that this is a coronavirus. As many of you that have studied um, the epidemiology and all of the biology and the medical background, you know that there are many coronaviruses. This happens to be COVID-19. There, there are others, and I think maybe it's COVID-2 that underlies this. And so there are coronaviruses. Did you know that the word corona means crown? That's what it means. If you look it up in your dictionary, uh, it, it means to crown, or a crown. And I thought about this because on this day that we celebrate, they wanted to crown Jesus as their king. They wanted to crown Him as their king. And I thought as I considered the Scriptures and as I read through the Gospels, And in every account we see in just less than a week that they would be calling for His crucifixion. And it gives rise to the question, why did they cry out for salvation? If just a few days later they would be calling out for crucifixion and death. And I want you to realize that I believe that Today, we can discern very well that there is a coronavirus, spiritually speaking, that has infected the hearts of people the world over. Say, what do you mean? Well, a virus is an agent causing a disease that spreads. That's that's kind of a a basic definition. It's a it's an agent that causes a disease that spreads very quickly. That's that's how you would define in simple layman's terms a virus. And I think really when we consider that term coronavirus, there's a problem with who we're going to crown as the king of our life. And it has infected our hearts to the place where so many have become physically and spiritually ill. The reality today is this, that there is a coronavirus that can be traced all the way back to the triumphal entry 
of Jesus Christ where some cried out thinking, we're going to place a crown, a corona upon Jesus only to have the virus of self overtake that desire to crown Jesus because there was a desire in their own heart to wear the crown, the corona. Now, I'm not a big movie person. I'll sit down and watch one with my wife and, and I'll enjoy that, but I can take them or I can leave them. And, and, uh, and yet, I'm, I'm familiar with a, a trilogy of movies that was uh, very popular not too many years ago called The Lord of the Rings based on a book by, by uh, J.R. Tolkien. And uh, I've seen uh, some of the... I don't know that I've ever seen one of them all the way through from start to finish. I've probably slept through one or two. Uh, I could say that. Uh, but uh, I, I've watched long enough of at least one of them, and I couldn't even tell you which one it was, to know that there was a character in there uh, whose name was Smeagol. And uh, I just remember him because he was a slimy, icky type of a villainous character. And he wanted to have the ring. Because the ring endued the person that wore it with all the power to rule Middle-earth. I think that's how it went, anyway. Something like that. And everybody that put that ring on, it just it totally overtook them. And there was this passion that people had when they got around it, and its influence, and even an aura that it put off that caused them to want to be in charge and in control and to, and to steal it and take it by any means that, that they would have it. And on a day 2,000 years ago or more when Jesus walked through the, the gates of the city into Jerusalem before He would go to the temple and, and cleanse the temple and there teach in the, in the temple, we know that they wanted to crown Jesus as their King and their Messiah only to have a change of mind shortly thereafter. And I want you to know with those things in mind, we can see that there's a coronavirus that overtakes hearts. We're in this epic struggle, like in the Lord of the Rings, with who's going to have the power and control in our lives. And understanding that, we can find the three cries that go out to Jesus and they all sound very similar. Lord, save us. And I think the world over, that's what people are saying today. Lord, save us from the coronavirus. Would you, would you cause it to dissipate and go away and help us to find a cure or a vaccine? God, save us from this pestilence, this scourge that is upon our world. And, and so what we find is in this passage three cries, and I want you to see, first of all, that cry, Hosanna, Lord, save us. First of all, we notice the cry to save from physical death. To save from physical death. Now, as we say that, I, I think about chapter 11, where that Mary and Martha, in the early part of that chapter, sent word to Jesus that his friend Lazarus was sick, and they beckoned him to come to Bethany. And, and really it was, they wanted Jesus to come and raise their brother up from his bed of affliction, his deathbed. They wanted him to save Lazarus. I think about Simon Peter, when the Lord came walking on the water. And uh, I remember as a, as a little boy singing that, uh, that song, you know, Peter and James and John in the sailboat. Peter and James and John in the sailboat. Peter and James and John in the sailboat. Out on the rolling sea. And uh, fished all night, but they caught no fish. Fished all night, but they caught no fish. Fished all night, but they caught no fish. Out on the rolling sea. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. Here comes Jesus walking on the water out on the rolling sea. And many of you remember singing that song. And I, I can think of the time where Jesus came walking on the water and 
Peter cried out from the vessel, Lord, if it's really you, bid me come to you out on the water. And we know that he's the only one other than the Lord to have accomplished the feat of walking on the water. Many have tried since. Uh, I, I try it every year at least once in the swimming pool, and it never works. I never stay up. But, but you know, he's the only guy credited with having walked on the water other than the Lord. He stepped out of the boat. But he's also the one that we give the business to because he took his eyes off of Jesus. And boy, wasn't that wicked. You know, I want to tell you that there were 11 guys in the boat that didn't look to Jesus one time. <laughs> and they never walked on the water. Why is it that we always give Peter the hard time? Well, you know, uh, that all notwithstanding, you recall that when he was walking on the water, the way he saw that the waves were boisterous, and he took his eyes off of Jesus, and he looked at the storm, and what happened? He began to sink. And what did he say? Lord, save me! <laughs> now, I don't think he said, Hosanna in the highest. I, I don't think he had some big, uh, really uh, pontifical type of a prayer that he uttered. You know, it wasn't in the King's English per se. I think he just said, Save me! <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, he wanted to be saved from physical death. And, and what we discover is Mary and Martha cried to the Lord just like that for God to deliver their brother from death. And many will cry to the Lord when they're confronted with the possibility of dying, won't they? It's amazing how many people will have uh, some kind of a spiritual experience when they're confronted with their mortality and the imminent threat of the possibility of dying. Perhaps there are those even this day, some who may be listening to or watching this broadcast, and either you yourself are, are ill or someone that you love, and you're crying out to God to save them from physical death. You desire for God to deliver. What many of them in the ministry of Jesus cried out to Him for was that they just wanted to keep on living. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't have a death wish. I'm, I'm prepared if the Lord wants me to go, but you know, I don't necessarily want to go on the next load. You know, uh, I, I, I believe He still has a purpose for my life. But listen, many people, they want to be spared from death, not so that they can say, Lord, here's my life, but so that once spared, they can, can continue to live the life that they have scripted. They just want to continue on doing all the things that, that they would like to do. And really, even what happens most often is people that are in that situation, they'll begin to bargain with God if He would just simply save them from death. Lord, if, if You deliver me, if You see me through this, if it's a battle with cancer, if it's a battle with coronavirus, if it's, if it's uh, you're in a perilous situation and you don't know how it's going to turn, there are a lot of people that will begin to try to cut a deal with Almighty God. Like, we're going to give God terms, you know? Like, okay, God, if You do this, then I'll serve You. You know what? Listen... <laughs> That's not the reason why we serve the Lord, you, you know? Uh, most of the people, and I will tell you this, that I know that have tried to make that bargain with God have failed to uphold their end of that bargain if they were saved. Most people, they, they, they carry on a little bit and, and maybe give God the glory for their deliverance, but you know, it's just a little while before they're back to the old self. Back to the old way of doing things. And you know, we can see that uh, Mary and Martha, they cried out for the Lord to save their brother. And, uh, and then when Jesus didn't do exactly what they wanted Him to do, guess what? They were upset with Him. Read it in chapter 11. Mary, who we all uplift in our, in our hearts as someone who really worshipped at Jesus' feet and really was kind of the personification of a pure worshiper, she was so upset that when Jesus came to the house, she didn't even come outside to greet Him. You think about that. And Martha, she wasn't so staid and, and so forth, uh, you know, sheltering in place in the house. She, she came out and just quite directly told the Lord, Lord, if you would have come and done what we asked you to do, our brother wouldn't have died. The fact of the matter is, there are many that will say, Lord, save us! And that cry is to save them from a physical death Many people through the ministry of Jesus had a similar cry all the way up to the thief on the cross. Lord, save me. 
Now they knew that they would die a physical death, but nevertheless in that moment of dying, he turned to the Lord. You see, this particular cry, just God save me from the physical death so I can continue living the life that I'm leading, it reveals a coronavirus affecting the heart. It's not that I want God to wear the crown because He's the King of my life. I'm, I'm going to say, okay, Lord, You have the power to enable me to keep calling the shots in my life and living it the way I want. So God, would You at this point be my cosmic errand boy and do what I bid You do? Would You at this point do what I'm crying out for you to do. And when you do, you know, I'll tell everybody it was you, but you know what, I'll just, I've been fitted for this crown and I think I'll just keep wearing it. Now nobody would ever say that, but you know, it's amazing how that that often works out. I want you to see secondly, not only the cry to save from physical death, but we notice in this place, the cry to save from the place of despair. The cry to save from the place of despair. Now, Mary and Martha had cried out to the Lord, and we know that. Martha was in the depths of despair. And there were others who came to the Lord through His ministry, and throughout the ministry there were those with disease, with devils, with debt, with divorce, and dilemmas of every sort and kind that came to the Lord. They had big trouble in their life. And so, you know what? They came to the Lord because they wanted the Lord to deliver them from the place of despair in their life. And, and, and I'm telling you, I think all cries to God fall within one of these three categories. Really, if it's, oh Lord, my physical life is in peril, save me from this. And then maybe my, my life is in a strait, I'm in a mess, I'm having problems. And, and you, you name the problem and we cry out to the Lord to address that problem in our life and to free us from that circumstance. And it might be like the many that Jesus encountered that were diseased or possessed of devils or in debt or those that were divorced many times like the woman at the well or those that were in every type of dilemma and, and strife. And certainly there were many like that that cried out to the Lord for help and deliverance. I believe that uh, this is the most common cry of the human heart toward God. The most common cry of the human heart toward God. And here's what it is, really. Lord, save me from my situation. Save me from my situation. I'm in a pickle, Lord. Sometimes when they're talking to friends, they make statements that uh, really reflect little faith. Things like, well, I'm in a mess so big, not even God Himself can get me out of it. You know, but they'll cry out, God save me from this. And what they're really asking is, Lord, will you save me from my situation? Mary and Martha wanted to be delivered from the situation that they were in. They were in the deep throes of, of despair because uh, their beloved brother and provider, a respected member of the community, had died. And now uh, they were dealing with the specter of life without uh, their brother, and, and, and I can see that they were probably very industrious women, but the reality was that there were twice as many women in that culture as there were men, and women were the, often the recipients of the kindness that men had to bestow upon them because it was a very patriarchal type of a society. They were faced with maybe being taken advantage of by the rulers of the Jews, and the Lord cautioned that throughout the Gospels because they would often take advantage of people who had suffered a, a loss of a loved one, especially women. So maybe they felt themselves a little more vulnerable, a little more exposed to exploitation. And certainly filled with despair because that person that they love to spend time with and fellowship with and enjoy meals around the table with was now no longer with them. And so the cry was, Lord, deliver me from my situation. 
And what we realize is this today, that many will come to God because they want their circumstances changed. They want God to do something about their circumstances, not really because they're looking for a meaningful relationship with God. Not really because they're looking for God to transform them from the inside out so that they can live the life of God. They're just saying, God, I want you to free me from the thing that's causing this ache in my heart. Free me from this thing that's causing the stress in my life. And, and so that's the most common cry of the human heart toward God. Save me. And it's not save me from my sin. Save me from the consequences of my sin. It's God save me from the place of despair. So I believe that we can see that revealed within this narrative of the Lord making His triumphal entry into Jerusalem, there were two types of people that were there. Those that wanted deliverance from physical death. And, and as the Lord made His way from Bethany where He had raised Lazarus, He'd had that encounter. And now He's dealing with those that we're in the place of despair in their life and wanting to be delivered and you'd have that encounter. There's a third cry that I think encapsulates all the cries in summary of the human heart to God. And that is thirdly, the cry to save from the punishment we deserve. The cry to save from the punishment we deserve. So three cries. One, to, the cry to save from physical death. Many are crying, Lord, save us from coronavirus. I don't want to die alone. I, I read a, an article, I printed out part of it, and I, I wasn't going to read it, but I'll just read part of this to you. The, the headline of this in Sky News, uh, written by a reporter in Italy, and the, the headline is, Everyone Dies Alone. And there are pictures in the article of intensive care units filled with people in isolation and their families unable to see them and they die alone. And the whole article talks about the heartache of dying with coronavirus and not even being able to say goodbye to your loved ones. And, and photos of caskets lined up in chapels of hospitals because they have no other places to put them. We see, thirdly, the cry to save from the punishment that we deserve. You see, we notice in verse 23 of chapter 12, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. It abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. There, Jesus was talking about His death, His burial, and His resurrection. That through His death and, and His burial and resurrection, that much fruit would be produced. And in verse 25, He goes on, and it speaks to what we've been talking about here. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If a man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. You see, when someone cries out to God and says, save me from death, it reveals the coronavirus in their heart that they want to wear the crown to continue living the life that Jesus mentioned here. They're loving their life more than they're loving their King. And when people cry to be delivered from their circumstances, that too reveals the coronavirus in their heart. It's the desire to be freed from the stress and strain or the pain so that they can live the life they feel they deserve to live 
how they have envisioned it. They want to wear the crown, the corona. But the one who was worthy of the crown, the one that God had highly exalted, did not cry out, Father, save me from death. It was the reason He came. We cry out, Lord, save me! And the Lord knew that He was dazed from the most inhumane and cruel form of death known to man, unutterable suffering and taking upon Himself the sin of all humanity and the shame that accompanied all of that egregious sin. And He did not say, Father, save me. He said, shall I cry out for the Father to save me? This is the reason why I came. We often cry out to God. But the reality is, the Lord, when faced with similar situations, shows death for us. He did not cry out for the Father to save Him from physical death, and He did not cry out for the Father to save Him from His situation. Quite simply, He came to be our Savior. And He's the only one worthy to wear the corona, the crown. And let me say to you that He longs for us to indeed cry out to Him, but with humility for Him to be merciful unto us and to save us from the punishment that we deserve that was beautifully portrayed in Luke chapter 18 when the Lord told of the, of the publican, the sinner that went down to the temple and he wasn't even allowed to go in, but he went down to the temple. A man that was an outcast by his own people because he had entered into an alliance with the despotic rulers over Israel and he w- they were known as thieves. He went down to the temple to pray and there also went a Pharisee. And that Pharisee prayed a proud prayer, God, I thank Thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, or even as this publican. Then he began to boast about how he fasted twice in the week and he gave tithes of all that he possessed. But then the Lord speaks of that lowly publican, that sinner who didn't even justly and legally have a right to be in the temple to pray to God. He, he, he was there and he could not, the Bible says, so much as lift up his eyes unto heaven, but he smote upon his breast and he cried out and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Bible tells us that that man went down to his house justified. You see, God saved him. What did he say? God be merciful. Do you know what the word mercy indicated about his cry? That he realized that he deserved what was coming. He deserved it. It was acknowledgement of his sinful condition. And that there was no other way that this was going to be dealt with apart from God saving him. He put himself entirely at the mercy of Almighty God to deliver him from the very punishment that he was deserving of. And I tell you this morning, this humble cry brings salvation and a life of submission. I would tell you this, it is the cure for spiritual coronavirus. When we humble our hearts and we see ourselves as we are outside of Jesus Christ, we are not ordering God or pleading with God with the expectation that He will do as I wish of Him so that I can continue living my happy little life as I have scripted it. 
Because that reveals a coronavirus of the heart that we desire to wear the corona that diseases our hearts toward God. You see, when Jesus on Palm Sunday rode in on the foal of an ass and the people threw down the palm fronds and they hailed Him as their King. You know what that was a cry for? Free us from Rome. Change our circumstances. Set up the kingdom. Turn the loaves and fish into more food than we could ever warehouse. Raise our dead and heal our sick and cast out our demons. Hosanna, save us from our circumstances. But it was only those that came to the Lord and said, Save us from the punishment we deserve that met Him as their Savior. I heard a story some years ago, and I think it applies here as I bring my message to its conclusion. And I think that this is an analogy that we need to remember. I, I want us to imagine that we're, we're all going on a trip, and we're going to travel on a European vacation, and we get on a big, wide-body jet, maybe an A300 or 747, and man, there's four or five hundred people, maybe more on that plane, and, and, uh, and we're, we're riding along and waiting for the meal service to begin, and the flight attendants are so nice, and, and uh, we're there in our little seat playing video games on the screen in the back of, the, uh, of that plane seat, or, or looking at a movie, or, or watching some news, or whatever the case is. And the flight attendants come down with their trolley and on, on their carts they've got a whole bunch of parachutes. And they'd already handed out blankets and pillows and newspapers. They'd already uh, done that. And now they're coming through and they're saying, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're handing out parachutes because it will help your flight to go so much better. We, we want you to have this for your own personal comfort. And so uh, we're offering uh, folks today no charge of a parachute. Would you like a parachute? And people are saying, you know, I feel pretty comfortable the way things are right now. I don't think so. And they're like, it, it will help you enjoy the journey. You'll, you'll be more comfortable with the parachute. And, uh, and you know, it, it might even fix that little nagging back ache in the back there, uh, of, in the small of your back or, or whatever. And people are like, no, I'm all good. I'm good. I'm all set, you know. And uh, so a little while later, they, they come back through and they're saying, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're handing out parachutes. And uh, the, the, the pilot has said, uh, we have a, a, enough for everyone. We'd like to offer you one so that uh, it'll, it'll help you uh, to really be smarter about how to enjoy your European vacation. And, and what it will do is it will help you to find good bargains uh, at hotels once you get there. And, and, uh, and probably you'll fall more deeply in love with the person that you're vacationing with. Here's a parachute. And most people are like, you know, I, I kind of like the way things are going right now. We're pretty much in love and we've got a good deal on, on uh, Travelocity. So, no thanks, I'm good. I'm not taking that. But what if, after a little while, they came down the aisle with their card and they said, ladies and gentlemen, the pilot has informed us that all of the plane's engines have gone out. We may have to evacuate the aircraft. Would you like to have a parachute? No doubt, everyone will be a taker. Everyone will be a taker. Why? Because they realize that I'm not getting this parachute so that I can enjoy the journey. I'm not getting this parachute because it's going to make me healthy, wealthy, and wise. I'm not getting this parachute because I, I now have a force of faith to manipulate God to do anything that I want Him to do. No. They're taking the parachute because they know if they don't, they're a goner. You know why people get saved? Because they realize 
that they're getting what they deserve in hell if they don't. And the one cry that God wants from the human heart is a humble cry from a sinner saying, God be merciful to me. It's one thing to wave your arms in church and, and, to, and to wave a handkerchief and to be excited about the things of the Lord and hail King, Jesus as King. And then on Monday, we live as though we were wearing the corona. But when we come humbly before God and we cry out to Him for salvation, and as the Lord said, He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall, say, shall keep it unto life eternal. And the Lord's not saying that you're some pessimist that just hates everything and you've got a dim view of the world. No, that, that compared to the life that God is calling you to, you despise the plans that you have laid for yourself by comparison to the life of God. And you want to embrace that life of God. Why? Because in that life, He's the King. He's calling the shots. He's leading us to peace. Lord, save us. The Lord entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday to the cries of Hosanna in the highest. Save now. Save us, Lord. The people had witnessed miracles and many of them had believed on Him. Those that chose to follow Him in sincerity followed Him beyond the temple and all the way to Calvary and beyond to live the life with Him as their King that He had called them to. God save us from the coronavirus of the heart that desires to keep the crown and make Jesus the servant. Have you cried out to God? Lord, save me. I wonder why you did that. If you've never done it because you realized that your just reward was separation from God in a place of suffering for your sin. He's waiting for you to acknowledge that and say, Lord, save me. And when you do, He will. Lord, this morning, I pray that as you work in hearts, that if there be someone that perhaps has never with sincerity and humility cried out to you to save them from the punishment that they deserve, that that would become the cry of their heart today. Lord, deliver us from the desire to wear the corona. But may we see Jesus as King. and May we crown Him the Lord of all. This morning, I've tried to share a timely message from this passage dealing with Palm Sunday. But God knew exactly who would be listening. And I want you to understand that if you've never before personally trusted Jesus as your Savior for the forgiveness of sin, and humbly come before Him acknowledging your sinfulness and understanding that what you deserved was to suffer for your sin eternally in a place called hell, but that Jesus loved you so much that He took the punishment. He didn't ask the Father to save Him from it. He said, this is the reason why I came. Today, if you admit that you're a sinner and that you cannot save yourself and that what you deserve is that punishment, but you know how much Jesus loves you. That He died to take your place on the cross of Calvary. And He was buried in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, He rose up so that He could demonstrate that He is God and that everything that He ever said was true. And so that He could offer life eternally to all who would simply receive it. If you believe that today, then right there where you are, 
I want to encourage you in your heart to just pray a prayer like this. God, I know that I'm a sinner, that I cannot save myself. I realize today that I deserve to suffer punishment for my sin. And today I'm crying out to Jesus to save me, to come into my life and to forgive me of all of my sin so that I may spend forever in heaven with Him one day. Thank You, O God, for saving me. Enable me to live for Thee. For this I pray in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, and you meant it with all of your heart, on the authority of God's Word, you are saved. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If that's you today, I want you to send us a note, an email, give us a call. We want to send you a Bible and give you some resources that will help you begin to grow in your Christian walk, this new life that you have in Jesus. And I want to talk to you if you're a believer and you say, I've, I've cried out to God to save me from the punishment I deserve. Don't let the coronavirus spiritually creep up in your heart. Crown Him Lord of all in your life. Learn to love the very life of God. Lord, save us.